The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. Church family, it's great to see you today. Merry Christmas. We made it, right? We made it to the end of the year. Uh, It's almost 2021. And I think for us, a lot of this is just kind of reflecting, right? There, there's been a lot that's happened over this past year, but um, reflecting and um, being able to, even despite the things that we've been through, uh, still be able to rejoice. Uh, what does it look like to rejoice? Well, today we're going to look at a text of Scripture. Uh, it's just a short text. It's only one verse. Um, it's from Isaiah 9, 6. And so if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look at Isaiah 9, 6 tonight. Um, But as we have uh, been in this Advent season, uh, we're talking about this anticipation, right? This anticipation that there's something better um, than what we experience in this world and that um, at the coming of Jesus, um, there was a first coming, now there's a second coming that we look forward to and we anticipate as believers in Jesus. Um, But there's a joy that we can have today, right now. And as we think about uh, the incarnation and Christmas and God becoming man, like this is, this is really true, real, living hope that we have. And so here's the message today. As we look at Isaiah 9-6, it's, it's just two words. It's God understands. God understands. Social media, texting, emails, uh, FaceTime, Zoom. Uh, it feels like we are constantly connected, Right. And many of us during this season have even gotten to the place where we felt that Zoom fatigue. Now, as we have felt that constant connection, one of the things that hasn't left is loneliness. Uh, What research shows is that even though we're more connected than ever through a lot of these different devices and uh, different forms of communication, in many ways it can be an illusion that is there to solve our loneliness. And so what it's called is the new loneliness that we face. And being honest, I've felt it. I'm sure that you felt it before too. See, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many followers, how many Facebook friends, um, how many likes you may have on all of the beautiful Christmas pictures that you're going to put out there on social media. Uh, In many ways, loneliness is only intensified during uh, the holiday season. And as I've talked with different people, just friends, um, even people in our own neighborhood, um, and really looked in their eyes and, and had conversations about this time of the year, I can see that it's hard. It, it's only intensified, right? According to the survey that was taken before COVID, one in four Americans reported experiencing loneliness during this time of the year. Another study reported that 35% of Americans before COVID that are 45 and over experience loneliness all year long. All year long. MIT did a study called the study on loneliness. And here's what they said. That there's very little research done on this subject of loneliness. They said loneliness is much more often commented on by songwriters than by uh, social scientists. One psychiatrist has suggested that we neglect loneliness because we have no theory with which to begin to cope with its manifestations. Elizabeth Elliot, who's a Christian author, um, one-time missionary, lost her husband um, very early on in life. She said this about loneliness. She said, you, you try to sleep, but a chill seems to have crept into the room and, it o- and into your heart. 
The old longing rises unbidden, the longing for someone who isn't there. That thickness in the throat, dryness in the mouth, that restlessness, what is it? You've been given much, home, work, friends. What is this weakness, this sickness, this storm in your soul? What we find is that loneliness is a very tangible thing for many of us in the different stages of life that we go through. But long before any researcher did work on discovering that or unearthing that, um, we come to the Bible and we see that God understands. We see that God understands. And so if there's anything that I can leave you with on this Christmas Eve as we go into Christmas tomorrow morning, um, I want to give you a place to start as you start to think about the incarnation. Because my hope for you is that as you gather around the tree or whatever it might be, um, that you open up to Luke chapter 1 and are able to read uh, the story of the incarnation, Jesus coming to this earth and being with us. I hope you can read that story and really start to think about the implications of that as we break down this text tonight. See, it's real. God is real. And the incarnation is extremely important for us. And so again, our, our text is Isaiah 9, 6, and here's what it says in Isaiah. For to us a child is born, to us a son is giving, given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now to give a little background in the book of Isaiah, it was written 700 years before Jesus walked the earth. And the books of Matthew and Luke in the New Testament specifically tell of this fulfillment that Isaiah prophesied. See, the Bible, again, is not a fairy tale. It's intentionally rooted in history. And it invites us to study, to, to think, to grow. So from today's text, what, what is it that we can learn about loneliness and and, and what is it about this love that, that isn't from the inside, but really from the outside that comes inside? See, a love that can relate to us, listen to us, and meet us right where we're at. Right where you're at today. See, it's the missing piece that we all need. See, how does God do this? Well, he does this in three ways. The first one is that God meets us in an understanding way. Second, in an astounding way. And, and third, in an accessible way. In an understanding way, in an astounding way, in an accessible way. And so as we break down today's text, just that one verse, that's what we're going to see. So the first one is in an understanding way, that God meets us in an understanding way. It says, for to us a child is born. Have you ever thought, no one gets me. No one gets what I've been through. No one gets the experiences that I've had. Or as you start to think on your life, you start to think of all of the things that you've been through. One of the things that I would do as a youth minister, I was a youth minister for eight years. And what happens is as you get older, you forget what it was like to be a middle schooler or a high schooler. And so at the beginning of every year, I would talk to our leaders and I would say, okay, what I want you to do is I want you to think back on middle school and write down some of your experiences and, and what you went through. And, and then I want you to see that through that lens to the middle schooler that you're going to talk to. 
And I remember they would come up to me afterwards and they said that was really helpful because many times what happens is I forgot what it was like to be a schooler. And it was just easy to just prejudge them and, 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 and really just look down on them. But if I were to put myself in their shoes, then I would understand them a lot better. I would be more compassionate. And so what we find is that there's this prophecy that Isaiah gives. He says, a child is born. A child is born. The, the, the thing that is just so unimaginable, like that, that a child is born, but, but that it's not just any child, but we're going to find later is it, it says that he would be called Mighty God. Again, Jesus was not just another person that was born, but mighty God, wonderful counselor, everlasting father, prince of peace. He's distinct. He's different. Yet, it says that a child is born. See, we talk about it all the time, but God became one of us. I want you to think, the untouchable becomes touchable. The all-powerful becomes weak. He understands. Jesus was born into a family, born into struggle, born into relational tension and uncertainty. You see, you face challenges, but so did Jesus. And he willingly put himself in that place. Dorothy Sayers, a British essayist and detective novelist, once said this about the Incarnation. She says, the incarnation means that for whatever reason, God chose to let us fall, to suffer, to be subject to sorrows and death. He has nonetheless had the honesty and the courage to take his own medicine. He himself has gone through the whole of human experience. From the trivial irritations of family life and the cramping restrictions of hard work and lack of money to the worst horrors of pain and humiliation, defeat, despair, and death. He was born in poverty and suffered infinite pain all for us and thought it well worth his while. The thought that God would say it was worth his while to go through all of that. See, God came to us in a very understanding way. But second, what we find out from this scripture is this, that he came in an astounding way. Next it says, to us a son is given and the government shall be on his shoulder. So how does God meet us next? Well, he meets us with a gift. What's the gift? Himself. He gave himself. And what we find that is encompassed in Jesus as we studied through John 1 is that he was filled with grace, truth, sacrifice, a relationship. To us, a son is given. Right? There was a, there was a sacrifice that happens. There was a gift that was given. You know the thing about really good gifts is that it costs something. It costs something. It means something. And so God gave us the, the greatest gift he could ever give, his own son. See, this is what the message of Christianity is all about. Again, it comes back to those two words that God gave. And God gives us himself through his grace. 
You see, for some of us today, we might be coming in thinking that it's, it's Christianity is about what do I give to God? Maybe it's just a duty to come to a religious service or whatever, but that's not the message of Christianity. It's this, that God gave. And are you willing to receive this great gift of his son to us? Next, it says, the government will be upon his shoulder. The government will be upon his shoulder. Haven't we had such a trying year, like all the elections and all the things coming on? Right? There's so much, no matter where we're at. There's a lot of tension. And what this tells us is that ultimately there's a leader that's greater than any other leader. And it says that the government shall be put upon his shoulder. Alec Mateer, who's a commentator, says this, his people's, God's people's shoulders are delivered because he takes the burden of rule. You've been stressed out. What's going on right now in our world? What's happening? I have. Right? But to, to get to that place where you say, you know what? Like the burden isn't God saying, I take the burden on my shoulders. I take it on my shoulders. And so do I look to him? See, how many of us feel like we got the weight of the world on our shoulders as 2020 ends? And what happens is we isolate ourselves trying to carry the weight on our own. But do you hear the words of Hebrews 4, 15 through 16? For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You ever felt like you were at the end of yourself, the end of your rope, you were so burdened, but then there's an invitation that God says, come to me and I'll give you strength, I'll give you rest, I'll give you exactly what you need. See, Jesus meets us in this astounding way that God isn't out to get us, but he actually loves us and is for us. See, there was this switch that happens as we start to look at God and we start to see, oh, this is what he's about. See, one of the, uh, uh, the things that personally, like in my life, happened that, that was kind of astounding to me was like when my kids started to come to, come to me and they started to say, Dad, how can I help? How can I help? It was like this switch happened where they were like maturing and they were growing. It was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But for an adult to receive help from a child, you're taking this risk, right? You're like, okay, like that's good. And what I'm telling you is this, that God came in the weakest form of being a child it says, here, I'm, this child is here to offer you help. Really? Can I trust it? Is it going to be enough for me? And this child is everything we need. And, and when we see that, it changes us. It astounds us. God comes to us in an astounding way. He asks, how can I help? And he comes in the form of a baby. 
See, I think it's important for us to, to just really sit in this in 2020, like we're outside. We're outside, we're here, we're, we're, we're it's so uncertain right now. But that that's what Jesus was born into? He, he was born into the cold? He was born in weakness? He was born fragile and, and, and that's how God came to us? Like, let that astound your heart tonight. And lastly, it's this, that he came in an accessible way. Look at this. It says, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Here's the thing. Those two first words, his name. You know, throughout the Old Testament and throughout um, Hebrew culture and, and history, the, the, the name of God was very, like, it, it had so much reverence around it that they wouldn't even say it, right? There, there, it, it, was, it was Yahweh, but, they, the, like, the syllables and all that stuff, like, it wasn't there. And so, like, it was just, like, this word that they wouldn't even, even like, say it because it was so holy, so reverent. And then God comes so near to us that he says, I want you to know my name because I want you to have access to me. See, when you, when you know somebody's name, you have access to them. You know them. They're like, that's accessible. You know my name. That's a connecting point. And God comes so close that he tells us his name. He whispers his name. He says, my name is Jesus. And he comes to us in an accessible way that should just astound us, right? And so just some quick takeaways as we wrap up today and really think on what God has done for us and what we remember on this Christmas Eve. The first one is this, as we think of some takeaways. How do you deal with loneliness as you think about this? The first is this, remember the incarnation. Remember that God came near. If you ever go through these struggles or trials and you think, well, God just doesn't understand, like he does and he cares. Hebrews 2, 18 says, for because he himself has suffered, suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Okay, he knows. He's not so far removed that he's, he doesn't understand. Second, remember this. Remember God's family. Now, what we, what we know is that Jesus was born into a family and that it says in 1 Timothy 5 that he saves you into a family. He saves you into a family. Maybe you don't have biological family that's, that's close or near, but he says he saved you into a family of brothers and sisters. It's the family of God. And a part of that, being a part of that family is just knowing that you're not alone. You're not alone. And so remember God's family. Remember that he's, he saved you into a family for a reason. And lastly, remember it's complicated. Here's the thing. You are intricately and uniquely made. No one is like you. Your experiences are completely unique. Truly, no one would be able to fully understand you in this life. 
Here's the thing. There are times where my wife will share something with me. and She's the closest person to me in this world. And I don't fully understand. But I'm there to listen. Same thing with, with me. I'll share something with her and she doesn't completely understand. But here's the thing I know, that God always understands. And knowing that your life and what you've been through, it is complicated. But that God's willing to meet you in that place. God does understand. And so here's the gospel tonight, friends. It's this, that, that Jesus is with you in the midst of your loneliness. Because on that lonely night, 2,000 years ago, he came, and he came for you. He came for you. C.S. Lewis said, he died not for men, but for each man. Each man and woman had been the, if we'd been the only man or woman that God had made, he would have done no less. And so, Will you start with looking at what Christ has done? Will you take a peek into the, the incarnation and really what it means? And will you let that change your heart and know that God has come near through his grace? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for the great gift it is to know you, to be loved by you, and to know that you meet us in our most lonely times where we struggle and what we face in life. And that as the sun goes down tonight, that we remember that you were born into the, the cold and the darkness of this world. And you were the bright shining light that came through and pierced the darkness, as it says in John. Thank you, God, for coming and meeting us in that place, even in our darkest moments and calling us friend, calling us family. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.